Hi guys, OP here. Um, for this, for this episode, I just want to really, guys, uh, share with you my thoughts about um, about the Startup Grand Global Conference that I attended in Silicon Valley. It took place about two weeks ago. I think on the 12th to the 13th year um, just give you guys some insights some thoughts of what what i found to be interesting there one this is a conference that had about six stages you know and you can imagine it was it was chaotic you know um you needed to know which stage was uh, was useful for you you needed to understand what what you know uh, what op- what objectives you had in mind to be able to really get the best out of it and the good thing was that you could have, you know download an app before way before the you know the conference um started or days leading up to that so you could kind of build your own agenda there were there were three exhibition stages um so that that was very interesting one thing that i actually liked was that there were a lot of live pitching um you know sessions in between at the main stage which which was very useful because you can imagine when you're trying to raise your you know seed capital or you're on your you know um first round of um um of investment that you're looking and and you get that global and the global platform an opportunity to really just you know uh, pitch your product or your service you know it, it goes a long way you just never know who's in the room you know so I really enjoyed that conference. Definitely enjoyed that conference. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I would not have missed it um, for 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 the world. A um, couple of things on the VC side of things. Um, one, it, you know, it became very clear that um, access to finance is is something or access specifically to VCs is no longer limited to to the to silicon silicon valley i think we're seeing a lot of you know vc firms kind of coming up others moving across different geographies others moving you know across different different states so that was a good thing you know it 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 really sh- it really meant or you know kind of you know you know proved that uh, startups or entrepreneurs now have um a lot of options uh, definitely a lot of options and um so that was one thing the second thing i think what what became very clear and everyone else seemed to agree that fundraising was at an all-time high you know um if you look at the likes of soft banks you know coming into into play um there was also a talk of uh, of saudi arabi money also coming into into into, into the market uh, so, so because there's an availability of, of funding out there, private capital that's out there, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and startups kind of are taking advantage of are taking advantage of that. And I thought that was that was actually such a good good thing, and we can see it. So, and another another thing, which is probably the, you know the third point, is that early stage capital has, uh, has somehow kind of opened up and I'll, and it's allowing everyone else to really play or come in there and take advantage of it so so early stage capital if you're raising your first round or your seed capital really is no longer as 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 challenging as it used to be um, probably 10 you know or 11 years ago so so there's a huge democratization of early stage capital so that we've seen uh coming up and and it it really looked like everyone else seems seem to to agree you know um but at the same the same the same uh, breath you know there's um there's a recognition 
um, that with this abundance of capital in the in in the market or in the ecosystem, we we're now seeing a lot of competition, and it's I think it's consequential. You know, there's going to be you know competition for the best deals. Now, whether that gives the startups or the um, the, the entrepreneurs a negoti- a negotiate a negotiation power, in some ways it does, in some ways it it does not. But that's what I think was coming out there was that this, because of this this money that's littered all over the, all over the place, um, you know, there's there's a huge huge competition for for the best deals, and of course that's going to obviously you know raise the um, um the the valuations of uh, of some of the startups and that's another observation that kind of was was coming through was that you know deal valuations were skyrocketing you know um over the past couple of years because there's just that amount of money out in the in the in the market you know um so so that came out uh, come out very clear there as well that there's a lot of money therefore there's going to be a competition for the for the best deals and I and I suspect most of us can also you know can relate to this um and I guess you know it's it's a question of demand and, and supply right everyone wants that that you know wants to find that that unicorn right and um a few other things that also came out was that because of this amount of capital, private capital that's available and the options that it presents, uh, we're seeing a lot of delays of um, you know of IPOs. People no longer are rushing to IP, you know to um, uh, you know to the public market to um, to really raise additional growth capital. So the guys are now because private capital is that is that is that huge. I mean, if you think about the average size um, that soft banks kind of. You know, invests in you know, you know, uh, in different rounds. I mean, especially in that value of death, you can imagine how you know IPO is no longer the, the necessarily the biggest option. You know, to to go that way uh, in raising growth capital. So, so those are the things that really came out very vividly in in terms of uh, in terms of the um, you know the VC space there. Um, so just high level, you know, um, because there's so much money in the market, we're seeing a lot of um, uh, you know uh, a lot of competition for the best deals. Uh, startups and you know, entrepreneurs are no longer incentivized to really pursue IPOs, um, you know, as something that really will will, will raise sufficient or adequate growth capital. Um, early stage capital is prime you know it's open and it's really available for for a lot of a lot of startups so so that has changed the landscape um staying in silicon valley people still feel that is uh the you know the cost of living is is way too high for uh, startup entrepreneurs to come there so that kind of also presents somewhat of a uh, of a challenge or a, or an opportunity for vcs to no longer you know look for startups only uh living or staying in silicon valley and and they're kind of going out there uh, so which is also good and um nlps on on the other on on the other hand are no longer skeptical in um, you know in putting money in, in uh, you know in, in in vcs because of course i mean you know the markets are performing very well so so just as a uh you know um high level so that's what's happening on the vc on the vc side so i hope some of those insights kind of inform your your go-to-market strategy or your fundraising strategy or your kind of your perspective of where everyone else is and what they're thinking. Some additional points that I picked up there was that 
a lot of VCs are now thinking of investing in other geographies. So they're no longer, you know, fundamentally looking at the United, you know, the US, you know, uh, ecosystem alone as a as a deal flow. They're also looking for other markets, whether it's in Latin America or anywhere in Africa. Um, so that's 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 a good thing. So if you are listening to this and you you know you are somewhere in in Johannesburg, you're you're somewhere in 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 Nairobi, or you're somewhere in um, in Buenos Aires, you probably would start positioning yourself around how you can be you know a a good a good deal for some of these VCs that are you know are from all over USA can can invest in you. So 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 good luck to you. Um, the theme I think you know that I I noticed was uh, was such a big thing in the uh, this conference was diversity and inclusion and and it it became such a typical thing I, you know and I don't know whether it's because of the caliber of the speakers that were there and the mix but I think the conversation is beginning to shift and the diversity and inclusion conversation is starting to you know uh, to to be more popular Questions are still out whether people are just talking about it because it's it's a top, it's 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 a nice thing to talk about or whether they're actually doing it. I mean, I had the privilege of asking Sequoia Capital, the, you know, around models and approaches that they use in in ensuring that their investments are diverse or you know inclusive, and what does it mean? And do they do they use the same old traditional approaches to try and look for you know minority founders or uh, people of color, you know, um, you know, to invest in, or their own investment teams are diverse or not, you know? So so those are the you know um, some of the discussions there. So very typical um, issue, very important, uh, and I think for for me coming from South Africa, you know, we understand and and, and know how how important it is. So some some top line, you know, discussions or points that came out was that. Because VCs is is traditionally a um, you know it's it's traditionally filled with nepotism because I mean if you think about it it's really just about you know who you know and and if you think about us in you know in the United in the USA perspective minority um, so you you don't have those networks. You know, if you're black, you don't have the you know those those networks. So radio systematically excluded from that privilege or that opportunity to kind of know someone that you know, someone that the the other one that knows, and then therefore, and therefore. So, so I think <clears throat> so diversity and inclusion. I think you know came out in 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 that sense that you know most of us don't don't grow up with those networks. Uh, but and I'll share in in some of the other you know. Uh, uh, maybe tips that or life hacks that were shared on how to then you know um, overcome that. Um, so I'll, I'll share with that with that just now. Um, but on diversity again, you know, uh, it's 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 a very difficult space to navigate for for you know other second generation startups or immigrant startup you know you know entrepreneurs or people of color. You know, it's basically the minority, the Latinos, black people, and, and so forth. Um, from a from a funding perspective, I think the diversity kind of expresses itself in the fact that there's still an issue in the in in that tech investments are concentrated, you know, on the on the on the minority 
um, you know, on uh, they are still you know concentrated on mostly white white male you know founders. I think um, that that was strongly expressed throughout the conference that you know it has to be the funding. I mean, what's probably less than two percent of total VC funding goes to people of color in in this country. You know, so so you can imagine how 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 bad and how everyone else is kind of trying to address that that whole issue. It's still a long way. You have you know VC firms like you know Backstage Capital really doing amazing work there. So hopefully we'll see some change coming in the next couple of uh, couple of years, right? Um, it was also stressed that it's, it's it's really important if you you know you're looking for a VC a VC you know partner to partner with someone who one has a global perspective, but also you know someone who has strong values and network to build a an inclusive culture. And I think because once they become part of your board or they become part of your decision making, um, you know, so that whatever they believe in is going to really uh, affect affect you and how your management team and how you guys progress as um, as a startup. Um, so, so I think it was stressed that look for, even when you do your due diligence of the VC or the type of investor that you're looking for, look for people that share, you know, uh, these values, this diversity and inclusion values, with you, and they can then they're able to and they are able to act on them. the the other The other point that came out as well around this matter was we're seeing a lot of startups that are saying, "Well, while I might have my management team in Silicon Valley, I'm going to try and diversify my skill, my human capital you know, base, and move my Say my, you know, my tech development team overseas. I mean, um, I I had the you know, the privilege of meeting um, uh, a group of uh, amazing guys uh, from uh, um, Czech Republic, Oak, Oaks Lab, um, and he just reminded me why people mostly would have a management team in USA, but the tech uh, development team is probably sitting, you know, either in Czech Republic or or Ukraine, so that's that's also another you know variation of uh, of diversifying yourself as a, as a startup with your with how you even you know um, uh, develop your product or your services. Because you know we've also seen that a lot of uh, startups will you know open second engineering offices elsewhere. Whether that allows them some flexibility, reduce cost, you know headcounts or allows them allows them to have accessibility to new technology or new skill or new competence um it's, it remains to be seen but that's that seems to be something that's that's happening quite rapidly and quite um uh, and is quite popular so you may want to also think about that that if you have a product you have an idea where you not necessarily have the you know the the um the tech skills available to you you may want to look for 
um, labs or some other startups that have that competence outside of your immediate geography, you know. So, so that's, that's it's, I mean, I thought it was a it was a it was a good um, growth area. Anyway, big companies use that that model, you know, of um, shared services. You know, you've got a you know you've got your HR services or your payroll office or you know um, payroll um, services being centered at some point at some area. And, you, know, you think maybe India, for example. So, so that that kind of saves people cost, you know, um, optimizes their operations. So you might want to think about that on a smaller scale. So people are doing that. So that's very important. There. So, so high level diversity and inclusion not only spoke about, you know, just you know the you know the the representation of um, of um, uh, of race and 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 where the the capital is going, but it also spoke about some different model that kind of diversifies or reduces the total risk of uh, of of your of your of your business or your startup. So that that I thought was uh, was very useful. On on the growth side of things, you know, um, I think this was also emphasized by you know guys from Stripe that. It's really never too early to go global if you if you use playbooks by you know guys that have done the same thing they've played in the same geographies um, the same markets so you can use that playbook so it's it's never that criticism that you know you maybe you want to go out you know you want to go global early it's it's and and global for me as as I was listening to it, it did not necessarily mean going from U US to other markets. It could very well mean going from South Africa to another market, going from Argentina go to another market, going from Nigeria going to another market completely. Is that you're not limited. So if you find that there are guys that have already done this, you already have a playbook. You already have a recipe book. So that I thought from a growth perspective, you know, presented a lot of opportunities and some kind of a, a new thinking. Uh, I think in pattern there, and um, one other interesting thing that I observed there was um, was that when it comes to growth, you know, I thought this thing was just um, it, you know it, it was it was just a, an unfair obsession. But quite frankly, and to be honest with you, you know. The tech space, like every other category, you can think about. You know, um, you know, people are are looking at how tech can revolutionize or disrupt any other vertical you can think about, and and this is informed by the fact that people believe for growth for growth, a software business is easier to scale. You know, uh, compared to a physical business, you know, a, a a restaurant for example so so any any other product or service that really doesn't leverage the power of tech it's um it's going to have a difficulty in in raising capital and 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 i sense that that was that was the mood so so that then requires you to really have access to a strong set of tech skills in 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 wherever you are so so that's another consequence of course you know you know uh, product design guys software engineers you know developers coders you know so the the works is you're going to need access to that whether wherever you are it's like, you know it's accessible in terms of affordability or just human capital investment in in your country or your your region remains to be seen but that seems to be the 
where everyone is going that it's easier for for uh, for us to grow a software business compared to a physical business um, so so again if you want to grow a startup you know to a point to a to a point you can attract your your you know your famous vc firms maybe it's something that you you must just consider um and interestingly this point came from guys that have, have raised capital uh, successfully uh, probably on i think stripe was on series e or i think yeah i think they're on series e you know and you know the gentleman emphasized why you know founders shouldn't have shouldn't launch with with you know shouldn't launch a startup with with a, with an exit in mind and and this came primarily because there was a question about you know whether you know is the is the priority to to list or not um but and i guess the sentiment was that that that's you never launch a you know a business with an exit in mind you know um again the point was that you know ipo is not even it's not even the end of the journey you know it's just a milestone because you know after that you know that bell rings you still have to go back and work on your software business so those are two things that really also again were were were, were driven home around around growth that you know should never really start you know start or launch a business with an exit in mind whether you want to be merged or be bought by another big competitor or whatever because you just never know in some in some other spaces in some other markets you might just find this wide space where you become a category leader and it really makes no sense for you to um uh, to opt for a trade exit or others have gone on to really just you know are based on how the market has reacted they end up thinking you know what maybe ipo it is but originally that was never really their point or their their intention or their strategic objective so so that again you know kind of builds into how you wish to position your growth strategy as a as a, as a startup we've spoken about this in many uh in many different settings outside of outside of podcasting i mean i've just recently started the podcast but even in my in my background of uh, of running different startup accelerators and running entrepreneurship programs you know communicate communication and storytelling again it was was just an such an important thing because we, we again we we take it for granted this whole concept of elevator pitch and pitching your business and i saw it firsthand how 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 important that thing is you know just to get to grasp someone's someone's attention for them to say hey man i i really like what you guys are working on it's such a skill to invest in and make sure that you perfect um and it's the same thing. i mean you know these vc firms will will say well just send us a pitch deck just send us an email and and if you're not going to be communicating in a crisp manner chances are that you're not going to get any 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 response never mind a positive one you know so so you've got to make sure that in your storytelling the passion gain another important factor is that your passion whatever it is they're trying to address or solve must come out even how you 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 know you you talk about it, you present it so that that again very important uh, point that came out you know and um interesting uh, other observation there was a talk about 
you know, you've got to get your your sequence of pivots. So how you you iterate your you know your solution or your product or your service, you know, so you've got to get that sequence right so that you it you know it it you know um, it increases your chances of scaling. So the sooner you get that the better. So so Ron and I'm in in different accelerators that we use for example a scrum approach to try and shorten the time um that which you obviously you know um iterate or you pivot into another into something else um i, I had the privilege of going to stanford university after and, and i you know checked out their design design uh, design school you know they're using design thinking as an approach so you've got to experiment and experiment experiment as quickly and fast as as possible so that you have that sequence right and then you know um what it is that you're going to scale on um so so that, that are, those are the key points that i found to be very interesting when it when it came to startup growth and 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 i guess you know it, it really for me uh where you know were important in the sense that even in how you 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 know you structure your fundraising strategy or you think about how to approach vcs it really speaks to firstly understanding your growth your growth strategy as a startup and some few additions and you know as i as i wrap up um was that yeah sure you know raising you know raising seed capital is is obviously going to be very difficult a lot of lot of rejections but maybe you should start exploring other alternatives like crowdfunding you know um angel invest angel investors um so look for for other alternatives in fact you know there was a there was an insistence that you know if you can stay away from vcs for as long as you can do it you know bootstrap for as long as you can you know uh so so yeah so so for those that can definitely do it but some of the some guys who have very expensive products to really launch you might just need the you know, the vc and this one really was my my favorite because i could relate with it so so personally was the you know warm inter- warm introductions you you're going to your success your chances of success are high are higher when you know you um you know you are using uh, when you reach out to people uh through warm introductions and and warm introductions really is you finding connections within your network to introduce to you to introduce you to whoever you need and LinkedIn is a powerful tool. I've used it and I know it works. So warm introductions. So just a cold email directly to a VC isn't it, it might definitely get you get you a note or get you a uh, a meeting. But chances are that most VCs and I when I asked, and I mean I picked up this from from just having a conversation with a lot of the guys that were there was that the, that they are going to definitely you know have a, a sit down with you when you have been recommended or introduced by someone else that they trust you know again and i yes i have i've mixed emotions on this thing because it's it's very exclusionary in its nature because first of all how many of us are really going to have first time introductions to people for them to really be so much impressed or see value in in recommending us so but then at the same time rather start somewhere you know um and i've said 
LinkedIn is a is a good place to start. You know, we can complain for for as much as we can, but um, people will give you time when someone that they trust has uh, has recommended you. Um, so so definitely, warm warm introductions uh, are are very powerful. You know, um, and very useful. Due diligence. Do you know how VCs conduct due diligence on you as a as a startup who looking to raise to raise capital with them? Same way you. Actually, and this was echoed many a times that you also have to conduct due diligence on the VCs. You know, mm-hmm. call some of the you know um, founders that they've invested in, and how or those that didn't even work out, those that didn't that, um, uh, didn't work out, and find out how it is that they you know they work with with um, with you as an entrepreneur as a founder. Um, you know, just their you know uh, their style and and, and how they. Uh, Kind of act on their investment philosophy and their approach, so that that's that's also important because you know that relationship it can definitely make or or break you. So in a nutshell, I mean, there's a lot that came out there, but I'm I'm not I've tried to just really keep it to those few key areas around VCs, startup growth, diversity, and and uh, and and inclusion. So so at the end, I think it really just starts with the founder. Um, and obviously, the you know the the market size and 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 the quality of the market, and and the product that it is that you you know you offer the market. So if you can have a product that you can validate and have proof, and enable to sell yourself and your team, and and articulate why the product the you know the you know your your solution addresses the you know the the problem in a passionate way, I think you'll have a a, a successful. Uh, you know interaction with the with vcs so so good luck that that's you know again you know if you ever have a chance to to attend the startup grind global conference uh please you know um you know invest in that i think it's uh it's it's worthwhile so thank you for for listening 